Welcome to The State of Recruiting, a weekly podcast featuring the insights of Longhorn recruiting analyst Mike Roach and hosted by Bobby Burton. Roach offers unparalleled insight into, the, into recruiting on the 40 acres. Each week, he crisscrosses the state watching and talking to blue chip recruits. And I'm Bobby Burton, a 1992 Texas grad and one of the in- recruiting industry's founding fathers. I played a formative role in the creation of both 24-7 Sports and Rivals.com. The State of Recruiting is taped each and every Wednesday during football and recruiting season. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hook them. Mike, uh, how are you doing today? It's National Signing Day. I'm very low on sleep, Bobby. As you know, you've done a million of these. Uh, you know, these days are nuts. Yes, they are. Um, they're they're definitely different now that there's an early and a late signing period. Um, the impact is just as big, but the buildup not as quite, I, I think. I feel like instead of everything culminating into one day, it it's now spread out a little bit more. Yeah, it's um... – you know, Tom Herman said it when I talked to him about it at Big 12 Media Day is that this is called early signing day, but it's kind of just signing day now. It's it's when the, the large majority of players sign and um, we kind of get things out of the way and then have a little bit of a breather period before the February signing day. Uh, it just so happens that this signing day always coincides with the start of state championships in Texas. So it's a particularly crazy time for us. Gotcha. Um, so... Before we get started, give us the – Texas is expected to sign 16 today. 15 signatures as we tape this this, uh, podcast are already in. Waiting on running back B. John Robinson out of Tucson, Arizona. He's supposed to announce, I think, at 2.30 Central Time on signing day. He's already made his decision, and everything looks in order. But any last or late-minute – last-second developments there that you're aware of that Longhorn fans need to be worried about? No, I talked to somebody at South Point who expects it to happen. I believe the ceremony is actually going to be 1230 Mountain Time, which would make it 130 Central. Okay. Um, Now, the the signature could come in before that. Uh, Jaquinta Jackson's signature was reported while I was sitting in the audience at his ceremony this morning um, before it began. So uh, that typically happens. The ceremonies are just that. They're ceremonial uh, and allow for family and students and friends to to celebrate them. But a lot of times the signatures are done and sent in way before that. So, um, yeah, Texas was able to, to get 15 of their 16 in. They expect the 16th in. And to do that without an offensive coordinator and just naming a defensive coordinator, coordinator is a, a minor miracle I would say yeah I think uh, they obviously lost uh, one receiver Quentin Johnston at the last second there to TCU and that's a big loss in my opinion because I think he was a uh, potentially special prospect um, actually is a special prospect in that he's got the size the hands the quickness and the speed at the same time, to only lose him among this this group of or him and a couple others among this group of what started out as eighteen, nineteen guys is uh, is quite uh, quite astonishing. Particularly in the secondary with uh, Keaton Crawford and Xavier Alford sticking, despite the knowledge that they may not have either of their uh, secondary coaches with the addition of uh, Chris Ash. 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know they were able to to rally guys despite some of the losses late. I think that you know obviously the big ones are in uh, other than Bijan Robinson. And again, I have no reason to believe he won't sign as we record this. And maybe even by the time I produce this, his his signature will be in. But um, you know, getting Jaquinta Jackson in, Vernon Broughton, Keaton Crawford, who was a question. You know, those are big signatures they were able to get in. And um, I think we could probably Bobby, if you'd like, go into a little bit of them, starting with uh, where I spent my morning. Yeah, I want to do that. I want. We're going to go just so everybody has a, a structure for this podcast and understands it going in. First of all, I want to talk uh, to Mike about what he witnessed today at Duncanville High School because I talked to him off off uh, tape earlier, and it, it sounds like it was a pretty uh, touching or interesting moment. Uh, then I want to go down. We're going to go down each and every prospect in the class, uh, not at length because so many people know a lot of these guys already and have have their bio it's it's more about uh where they're at and then last but not least what i really want to go over with mike at the end of this is the overall strength and weakness of this class um and what they need to be looking for maybe in the next month and a half two months as uh recruiting follows on so mike you mentioned you were at duncanville this morning let's start with one of the centerpieces of this class jaquinding jackson the quarterback out of duncanville high yeah, Jaquinta Jackson, probably, I, I mean, Bobby, I, I'm sure you've got a great list of, of guys you've seen at the high school level that you'll tell your kids and your grandkids about. Jaquinta Jackson is on maybe on the top of that list for me. Um, as a guy that I've seen since his sophomore year, just turned into one of the best high school football players of all time in the state, um, was a big uh, anticipated piece of this class. And um, unfortunately, a lot of that was overshadowed by the fact that he suffered a pretty great some knee injury last week against uh, Rockwall in the state semifinal. Um, you know, there were a lot of opinions out there on what the prognosis would be, and um, it sounds like uh, it was confirmed this morning by Jaquindon's coach, Reginald Samples. In kind of a weird moment at the end of the ceremony, he just kind of mentioned, oh, by the way, Jaquindon's got a torn ACL um, and won't play Saturday in the state title game, uh, but y'all come out and support us anyways. Um, and it, it was a weird moment because that kind of sent Jaquindon into some emotions he teared up on stage and um you could tell how much this meant to him you know i mean he's been fighting all year to get back to this level and back to this game and i think to miss it's going to kill him but um as far as what texas is getting (laughs) they're getting an alpha on the field and a guy that i think people have a lot of questions of if he can play quarterback i wrote this a, a week or two ago about him I wouldn't bet against him on whatever he wanted to do. Um, Jaquindon's pretty much been successful at whatever he's wanted to do at the high school level. And um, he fits kind of that power read, power, uh, power spread offense that Tom Herman likes. Think of him as a more dynamic uh, runner than Sam Ellinger. Not, not quite the passer, obviously, but... Um, to me, just a natural playmaker and a guy that if he doesn't work out at quarterback could make it at running back, could make it at maybe like an H-back position or, or a jumbo athlete. Just a, a, a tremendously versatile playmaker and and what probably, if you had to ask me if I would take any guy healthy in the state of Texas on a football team to start at Jaquinta Jackson would undoubtedly be my answer. I'll tell you, I, I tell you the, this, uh, Mike. I've seen several dominating Texas quarterbacks in my high school in my career covering it, okay? There are a couple that come to mind when I think of Jaquin and Jackson, and this also goes to the feast or famine that recruiting can be. 
one of them, one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen in, on the high school level, if not the best, is, is Vince Young because he was such a great athlete. Wasn't necessarily the best thrower I ever saw, but, boy, he could throw it. And he was by far the best athlete I ever saw at quarterback in high school. The second is a more of a cautionary tale, and that's Odell James out of Aldine MacArthur. Odell signed with Baylor, uh, I think back in the class of 93 or 94, um, and never made it in in the college game. Led his team to the state title as a sophomore, at all, or state title runner-up as a sophomore. Um, had all this going for him, but it, it just didn't work out on the in college. Though Odell was an unbelievable uh, high school player, uh, but that's just a cautionary tale. That's the that's what you're dealing with as they go from high school to college. So we'll have to see how that turns out. Uh, certainly a, a, an interesting moment there with, with Coach Samples making that uh, statement. Okay, the other quarterback in this class, Mike, out of, Lake Travis, out of Lake Travis, Hudson Card. Tell us about him a little bit. It's really odd to me that there's a kid, a highly ranked kid, out of Lake Travis as a quarterback who has kind of been, I wouldn't say forgotten in this class, but certainly not talked about to the level you would think one would be from a local prospect. Uh, Hudson Card is a top 100 player in the country, is a top 10 player in the state of Texas, and has done a lot of great things in his high school career at Lake Travis. I think that obviously Jaquin and Jackson has a lot of flash and a lot of people love watching him make those long runs. But Hudson Card is you know athletic enough to make plays with his feet in the read option game. Different type of runner, not as much power, more of a slasher, dasher, but also a very advanced passer. I've seen him in just about every setting you can see a high school quarterback in, and uh, he has been a, a very advanced passer at all of those levels. So um, I really love his fit in this offense as a guy that could get the ball out quickly, um, and if, he, if there's nothing there, make plays with his feet. I think if you're putting me between the two, which one has the better chance of, of ending up being the starting quarterback, I would actually handicap Hudson Card just because he is further along as a passer. He's more prototypical too. Um, and so if you're you're playing the percentages and not the wow factor, I think there, there's that to concern yourself with. All right, at running, let's just go in order of position basically. So running back would be next. Any running backs uh, out there that you happen to be wondering about, Mike? Yeah, Bijan Robinson. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll get that notification soon. That'll be the officially I can breathe and, and relax for a little bit moment. But um, and that will probably be the same for the entire uh, Longhorn Nation out there listening. But just truly a special kid, Bobby. I, you know, I talked to you at length when I went out to Tucson. Um, luckily, you know, twenty four seven. I'm blessed to be able to have the the flexibility and the you know the ability to go travel and see these kids in person and it's always something to see a kid like Bijan Robinson on film but it's a different story altogether to see him live and to see him live it's one of those things where you could tell just the way he moves he's different and within half a quarter you could tell this kid is a legit five star he is a talent that Texas hasn't had at the running back position in a very very long time probably since Jamal Charles um, very shifty changes direction on a dime uh, it just very instinctive to go along with all those athletic qualities is a plus receiver out of the backfield as well he's a total package type of kid potentially uh, a, you know a a game-changing type running back wide receivers 
Receiver obviously took a hit with Quentin Johnston going down, but uh, Texas was still able to get Troy O'Meara uh, from Fort Bend, Austin, who they flipped from A&M, so a big win there. At 6'3 and a half, 206 pounds, um, he fits that kind of big, prototypical outside receiver that Texas likes. And he did a lot of work to shape down his body this year, and I think uh, when I saw him late in the year, he looked noticeably more athletic and quicker because he had dropped some bad weight he was maybe carrying. Uh, the other guy that I think fits in there is Dejon Harrison from Hutto, a local prospect, lower ranked in this class, uh, a three-star prospect, number 102 in the state. But Bobby, if you watch this film, that kid gets to top speed better than just about anybody I've seen in the state of Texas. Uh, his acceleration and burst is so good. Uh, and in short spaces, I think the Big 12 has shown that that speed is almost more important than dominant size at this point Texas you, you think it's possible that Texas looks uh in the next two months before the February secondary second signing day that they look for another receiver in this class Absolutely. They're still chasing Calvante Dixon uh, from Carthage, who, who fits there. I think it's possible they could go look for another big receiver to to replace um, what Quentin Johnston brought to the table. Two guys I would single out there, Savian Williams from Marshall, who was formerly an Arkansas commit, um, and has announced he's pushing his signing till February. And then Caleb Medford, a TCU commit. I would need to check on him to see if he signed or not today. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Let's no tight ends in this class, right? Um, um, unless you want to count Jaden Holaby, who kind I of had fits him as more as an H-back. Yeah, that's what I. Okay, so tell, tell us about. Let's go ahead and go H back then and go Jaden Holaby. Yeah, Jaden Holby is the big, big athlete, or the jumbo athlete is what they like to call him. Can fit kind of anywhere. Played running back at Bishop Dunn, transferred to Mansfield Timberview, where he played quarterback. Um, he is six foot two, two hundred five is what he's listed. I wouldn't be surprised if he's closer to six three, two fifteen at this point. Um, just a big, rangy kid who could put on some weight and, and really be a versatile guy with some running skill. He could line up in the slot. Uh, he could catch the ball a little bit. I think he could even play linebacker um, if they needed him to. And, um, you know, really just a guy that's kind of a jack-of-all-trades type of player. I think right now I'd fit him in as an H-back, tight end type of prospect. i got to tell you, the guy he reminds me of actually the most is a guy that played at a OU named J.D. Runnels. I don't know if you remember him or not, but he was an oh, H-back. Absolutely. Yeah, he, he's that H-back that was 6'1", 6'2"-ish, but built really well and then naturally strong in a, in a really good, smart football player. Hullaby, it should be mentioned, played quarterback. Uh, some this year too and so i look i think that i think he's a good player um no i no, think just going back to that ou's had a run of those type of guys right that, right. that are those 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 fullback h-back type of guys that have killed texas on several occasions holaby was brought in with that in mind i what i was told was he was very much looked at the way that oklahoma recruits that position and, and texas looked to bring in something to match that gotcha offensive lineman Offensive lineman, this is where I think one of the strengths of the class, I think that they really landed four really solid guys, kind of help them across the board. Um, it all starts with uh, with Jalen Garth. He's the highest rated guy in the class. He actually didn't play this year due to a, a knee injury. But at 6'5", 285, his, his, probably his floor is a, is a pretty good, is a, you know, a, a right tackle. Uh, he is a, a bit of a project, but so long, so athletic. I think he's going to be a great offensive tackle prospect there. Same Logan high Carr, school, by the way. He's out of Port Natchez Grove. Same high school as Roshan Johnson. All right, next yeah. guy. 
Uh, Logan Parr from San Antonio O'Connor, one of the most consistent kids I've seen throughout his career. I've just never really seen him look bad. Now, it's not that he necessarily looks elite or special in every setting, but I've never seen him look bad. Um, he's an athletic inside mauler that could fit at a guard or center position. Um, he's the type that they're going to look to get behind and run inside zone with. Uh, really hard worker. He'll be an early enrollee, so he'll be in Austin in January. Uh, Andre Karich, a guy they got late later in the cycle from South Lake Carroll, who I think is prob- may end up being the best offensive lineman out of this group. 6'5", 270, uh, perfect build and frame for, for a Big 12 type of tackle. Uh, he can move. He's athletic. He's strong. He's mean. He has everything you would want in designing a left tackle, uh, and, and I think that's where he fits at the next level. And then Jake Majors from Prosper, uh, an interior, another interior prospect, plays with superior feet and, and technique and a lot of toughness and we- as well. If he can learn and make that transition to the center position, I think that Texas may find themselves with a, with a really plus center at the at next few years. Okay, He's also, he's also an early enrollee. In okay, that's what I was going to say. So he's January. Anybody else that you had already mentioned that's also January? January. So yeah, Jack, Hudson J- Card. Hudson Card. So he gets a jump start there. That's good for him. What uh Bijan Robinson, Hullaby, Omir, Harrison, any of those guys? None of those guys are. So um the, the early enrollees that I know of are Hudson Card, Vernon Broughton, uh the defensive lineman from Cy Ridge, uh Jaron Thompson, the safety from Lufkin, Majorson Parr, who we who we just talked about. And uh, Sawyer Gorham Welch, the new defensive line commit. Gotcha. Okay, so let's talk about let's segue since both of them are January guys. Let's go straight to the defensive line and talk about Vernon Broughton and the newest commit Sawyer Gorham Welch. You know, in September it looked like Texas was going to put together a, a defensive line class for the ages when they had Broughton and Van Fillinger and uh, uh, Prince Leuman Milan. Uh, and two of those guys dropped, but I think they still got the bell cow that they really wanted. That's Vernon Broughton, a six five two eighty six. Kind of was a was a viewed as that four eye type of player who could play with quickness at, at tremendous size and length, but um, could be a nose as well. You know, it's unclear how he's going to transition. I would think obviously an inside player in a four man front now, but um, really a guy that if you could find those freaky type of athletes with with length and quickness up front, you sign as many as you can. Texas, of course, still chasing Alfred Collins, who fits into that mold, so um, possibly they could land him as well. And then Sawyer Gorham Welch, we talked about him a little bit last last week but he's a guy they got in on late but they kept uh, evaling throughout the season to make sure that they were in position to land him if they needed to uh, a really tough kid from east texas comes from a hard-working hard-nosed program at longview under john king uh, their head coach and fitz is i i know people like to pigeonhole him as a a derrick loki type or something like that i think he's a better uh, a better athlete than that 6'4 278 is what we have him listed at um better size than than a guy like Loki, and I think he has that same type of motor and disruptive ability. Um, you mentioned Texas still recruiting Alfred Collins. What about Uma Malin? Uh Yeah, obviously, I think that uh, that they're going to uh, continue to pursue. I think that, look, the second signing period is going to lend itself to uh, that feeling when you're the last guy at the bar and it's closing down and you kind of got to find something to get out of there. Um, that's kind of what the second signing period has become. So they're going to take a look at any and every possibility, and I would assume that they stay in on Princely uh, throughout. Mike, I remind you that you're married. Um <laughs> one linebacker in the class, and, you know, for all the talk, I think he's the best player in the class, and that's Prince Dorva. 
So that's high praise. I would uh, not be inclined to disagree with you necessarily. Um, I would say I, I still would lean like Bajan or, or Jaquinta Jackson, but Prince Dorba is the best natural edge rusher. And now I'm really interested to see wh- how he's going to fit and what Texas is doing going forward. Um, he's a guy that's played a lot of sh- like a three-man front end where he's had to double team at, at six, two and a half, 210 pounds. I, I'm, I'm really interested to see this guy when he's in a scheme where you can turn him loose and just let him use his athletic gifts to chase the passer. Um, he is a nightmare coming off of the edge. Uh, really athletic, really long arms, uh, despite being only maybe 6'2 and a half, 6'3. Um, and a basketball player, Bobby. I know you love those dual sport guys. I do. Uh, so. I do. I actually just I was watching film of him this morning, and I watched him take home an alley-oop dunk off of an inbounds play. <laughs> yeah. I, do, that, I do like those guys. When you see that type of athleticism, and then think that guy's going to be chasing quarterbacks, you know it. It um, you know it, it's always it's always exciting to see that type of athleticism and those type of players. So yeah, love Dorba, love everything he's about, and we'll get to see him again one last time up close at the All American Bowl in San Antonio. Mike, Mike, the reason I like him two two real reasons. One is I think he is an absolute motor of a of an Arakpo like motor, and like he doesn't stop. Second no. second piece is the – and that's just a defender, a front seven defender. If they have that, that's a big piece of the puzzle for those guys. Second thing is his combination of athleticism, quickness, slash closing speed. He is cat quick at a plus size in those long arms. I mean, he swallows people when he tackles them sometimes. And I just um, – I look at him and I think I think he's got the potential to be the best player in the class. Personally, that's how I see that. Um, all right, let's go talk about DBs. Start with Keaton Crawford out of uh, John Tyler. Yeah, the first signee in today, the first letter in after um, being a guy that we kind of watched and kind of worried about for a little bit the last couple of weeks. But Keaton is a kid I love. I think the staff did a fantastic job evaluating him early when they offered Keaton Crawford back before February, maybe or January of last year. I looked at it and goes, who and went, who is this kid? And I had seen a lot of John Tyler. I just, you know, he was playing a lot of running back. I wasn't really necessarily looking at him as a corner. Um, I think it was a phenomenal evaluation. It turned out that where I think Keaton was one of the best corners in the state of Texas at the end of the day. And, um, you know, for Texas to be able to get in there and land him is great. He's got a, a physical body. He's built, reminds me a lot of Terrell Brown, who was also kind of fit the same mold of a two, a two way star at North Mesquite when he was in high school at running back and corner. Um, Keaton has all the athleticism you look for, all the quickness, and he's built as a guy that could really like be a physical corner, and, and but still have the athletic ability to back off and play, you know, uh, with a cushion or however really you want to play him. So he's still transitioning to, to all the finer points of corner, but I really like him as a developmental prospect there. Xavier Alford out of uh, the new program that uh, made such a uh, run last year at Pearland Shadow Creek. Xavier Alford. And they're back. Um, they've yep. only the only game they've ever lost in their program's history was last year's state championship game. Xavier uh, is for me probably my pick as one of my favorite guys on the defensive side of the ball. 
just a very smart kid, and I love intelligence in the secondary at safety. You know, I, I, I grew up in the same town as Michael Huff, and I know the guy who coached Michael Huff in high school is one of my you know best friend's dad. So I've heard him talk about not only the athletic tools that Michael Huff had, but his intelligence in the secondary and the way that they could rely on him to help line guys up and, and make calls. And I think Xavier Alford fits that exact mold. He's a kid that walked me through just about every coverage they ran against Highland Park last year and how they were switching on the fly and um, he understands that level of the game at such a uh, you know it's such an intricate level I think uh, he's got the athleticism to kind of be a center fielder or he could play in the nickel a lot of versatility there but his brain is what really shines to me gotcha last but not least out of Lufkin Jaron Thompson uh, also a January enrollee Correct. And Jaron is, uh, I would call him a mini Caden Stearns. He's not quite uh, as, as big or, you know, as highly ranked, but uh, six foot and a half, 183 pounds, long arms, and is instinctive as all get out when it comes to playing in the middle of the field. Reads really well, reacts really well, and he will come up and thump you for was, a guy who's... I was going to say, that's one thing I want to tell you, Mike, of what I noticed, a very willing tackler. Not just one of those oh, guys yeah. that sticks his head in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, a very tough kid, um, but he'll come up and thump you for his size. He's got a, sort of a skinny frame that they're going to be able to add weight onto, but uh, really a fit either can play deep safety, can play nickel. So, uh, again, they've recruited a lot of versatility there um, at the safety position. All right, Mike, uh, that's all of the guys. That's all 16 that they're going to sign today, we think. Uh, what are the overall strengths of the class, in your opinion? offensive uh, the offensive side of the ball is what benefits here. There's some some stellar defensive uh, signees, but there's only six of them, and that's something they're going to really have to address in the second half. On the offensive side of the ball, I think you look at two positions: uh, quarterback taking home two top 100 quarterbacks in the country, Ijaquin and Jackson and Hudson Card it is about as strong of a quarterback class as you can have. And then when you look at the offensive line, I think that they got toughness, they got a lot of intelligence, they got a lot of technique, and they got a lot of guys that can grow so i think that they kind of checked all the boxes of what they'd want on the offensive line all right i, I that makes sense I, I think what what do you think the the weakness you think the number of defensive signees maybe or what do you think the weakness of the class is yeah i mean the quality's there on the defensive side it's just what do they really have at linebacker um it, you know they probably need another corner or two uh they could probably use another defensive lineman or two so it's just the fact that they only got six guys right there right now that that really would make it a weakness for me gotcha well i gotta tell you i i love what they've done with three of those guys i love prince dorba i like keaton crawford love Xavier alford um and i think the other strength of class that maybe is going on under noticed by some compared to last year i mean you've already got brew mccoy has already left cam rising transferred last year to gabriel floyd's in the portal um you, you have all these guys that come from out of state and they don't necessarily have these ties to texas that are deeper this year, all but one, I believe, is from the state of Texas so thus far, and that's obviously B. John Robinson. So uh, that's another strength of the class to me because when you look back at it in a couple years' time, uh, the attrition may be less than, than what it might be otherwise. Hey, Mike, I know you're busy today, um, and it's, it's where we all are, but you're particularly so. Um, hopefully we can uh, get on and, and do some more in the next week and, and re-talk about uh, recruiting until next week. If I, if 
we don't, um, for whatever reason, have a special episode, Merry Christmas to you and yours, uh, and uh, best of luck in the new year, okay? Yeah, I would say just planning, Bobby, unless there's something to really talk about, we might, um, you know, we might call it call it a week next week and and let us do uh, Christmas with our families and we'll be right back uh, the next week and I'll probably have a lot going on from the All-American Bowl. Perfect. We may call you directly from the All-American Bowl. All right, the State of Recruiting is taped each and every Wednesday during football and recruiting season. It features Mike Roach. Mike offers unparalleled insight into the recruiting on four, on the 40 acres. Each week he crisscrosses the state watching and talking to blue chip recruits. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hook them.